Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You guys, I lied. I said the show was starting right now, but I have one more quick announcement. I'm co-hosting a new podcast. It's brand new. It's called Upworthy Weekly. I'm co-hosting it with a guy named Todd Perry, who I'm having so much fun with, although he is wrong about so many things, especially Christmas music, but also other stuff. But anyway, uh, Upworthy Weekly, we come out on Saturdays. Please give it a listen. Subscribe. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a comment a review on Apple Podcasts that helps out the show so much, especially because we are brand new. As I've said, between one and four times right now, I've lost track. But anyway, please give it a listen. Uh, it's a lighthearted news podcast. We're taking a look at the most popular and engaging stories from the week before that ran on Upworthy. And it's uh, it's just what your holidays need. And then when the holiday, when we're past the holidays, it's just what that part of the year needs. It's just exactly what you need. Please listen to it. Upworthy Weekly, new episodes every Saturday, wherever you get your podcasts. And now, live from Pod Cabin in Burbank, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes your guest. He's a comedian, writer, and actor who lives his life one quarter pounder at a time. It's Joe DeRosa. And she's a producer and writer who likes her music like she likes her ramen with extra noodles. It's Robin Shore. Tone Zone is here to assert that you don't have to be stuck in the Canadian wilderness to enjoy eating an entire women's soccer team. I'm her husband, Daniel. Saying hop on board the love bus and say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. We'll have the good times never end. Allison Rosen. Hello, my little Tony's Chocolonely Pretzel and Toffee Milk Chocolate Bars. That particularly lengthy carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon! By Jenny Carr. Yes, I'm on Patreon. All sorts of stuff. There is, uh, there are, there are, there is, there are episodes, bonus episodes of my Patreon podcast called The Friend Zone. Recently did uh, an episode with our own Tony Thaxton. Also just did one with my Upworthy Weekly co-host, Todd Perry. Uh, so that's fun. There's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. We do Zoom parties. You can submit carbohydrates. You can get some behind-the-scenes content, fun stuff. And if you sign up for a year, you get two months free. So it's 12 months for the price of 10. Again, that is patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm very excited for this group of people, one of whom I just found out from my husband mere moments ago. The last time he was on the show was like a week before I had Elliot, who's turning five this week. So it's been a while. (laughs) Hello. Welcome back, Joe DeRosa. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. I, I... Thanks for having me. I, for, I forgot um, you were pregnant the last time I f- physically saw you. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. In, per, in person saw you, I guess. I should right. Say, 
I was probably so pregnant that I wasn't even sitting on a chair. I was sitting on a big bouncy ball. Uh, that does ring a bell. That yeah. sounds familiar. Um, but yeah, that's that's wild. Five, I can't believe it was five years ago. My God. I know. And now I know. So we, we got to catch up because now you're sure. in New York. You're running a sandwich shop. You have, mm. I think, multiple podcasts. Uh, yeah. So we'll yes. get into all of that. Sure. Ro- yeah. Robin Shore. Hello. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Since you were last on, Daniel and I have watched Yellow Jackets. And a and? big part of, I mean, loved it. But yeah. a big part of why I watched it was because you gave it such a hard, a hard sell. And I can't handle horror. And it definitely had elements of horror. But I enjoyed it. So ma- it kind of, it leaves me wondering would I actually enjoy horror? Because I sort no. of liked. Okay. <laughs> Here's, but because I think, I think the show is made with people like us in mind who would want to see a show about soccer girls, so- a soccer team from mm-hmm. 1996, but can't handle the gore. Like they, I feel like the way they tee up the gore, it gives you just enough time to hide your eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Although it wasn't really even the gore that was so bothersome. It was the scary potentially like supernatural but are they or aren't they elements that's what always gets me so we'll get into all this real fast though joe have you seen it uh no but uh but i have a horror focused podcast and um my my part co-host and partner pat walsh on that show um he speaks very highly of it i just haven't seen it because i don't have show time and i can't add another I can't. Yes. It's too many. <laughs> get that. You got too many yeah. streaming things going on. It's crazy. Like I've, I I'm subscribed that. to stuff I forgot I subscribed to. But it's been endorsed by a true yeah. horror person. So therefore, <laughs> I think of myself as a real like wimp pussy. But clearly, I'm a, I'm I've got what you're it takes s- if yeah, I could handle this show. I didn't even have nightmares or anything. It's and I can't say the same. I think after the first episode of Westworld, a show which is not horror, I remember feeling creeped out. So anyway, uh, yeah. Daniel, hello. Hi. What were you going to say, Joe? <laughs> oh, I was, I was just going to say, there, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, of horror out there. You know, it's, it's got as many uh, subgenres as, you know, as rock or, or whatever. So there's, I think there's horror for everybody. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's there's something that suits everybody's tastes. It sounds like Yellow Jacket suits your taste. You know, well, here's the thing. What I liked about it was the mist. Like it, it's an addictive show in mm. that. And I never saw Lost. And from what everyone except for Bobby Moynihan, who's like the world's biggest Lost fan. But everyone else is like, it's just going to break your heart. Like, don't invest all that time. <laughs> I loved it also. Oh, really? Yep. I'm not. Okay. Oh, hi, Tony. Hi. The, I've, I've, I know the only two, because um, Jenna Kim Jones is very like very angry at that show. But anyway, I really so it's very addictive in that you're like, what's going on? I gotta watch to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I was asking Daniel, hello Daniel, is that an aspect of horror? Not, Not really. Necessarily, I think that um, yeah, like Joe said, there's different kinds of horror. So I and guess like a mystery horror I would enjoy as long as it's is, not something that's going to make I make it so I can't sleep. I would I would say this is more in the vein of something like The Shining or Blair Witch or something where there's like a, a mystical uh supernatural uh terror. 
Right. Uh, yeah, that's a part I didn't and, like. That's a part I can barely tolerate. The, yeah, where some horror is just like, <laughs> some horror is just like, oh, there's a killer and you know, you got to uh, not get murdered. <laughs> I bet you yeah. would like uh, uh, The Outsider. Did you watch The Outsider on HBO with Jason? No, but I did Amy. watch The Outsiders. And <laughs> yes. that. Well, that's Stable also. Pony boy. Yeah, this, that film is also upsetting at times, but <laughs> no, The Outsider is pretty cool. It's a like a you know, it's like a detective show with a. Go ahead. I I didn't mean to step on you. Oh no, it's fine. Oh. It's I was just gonna say The Outsiders was I I refer to that movie as a total loss of innocence for me because I don't know when it it came out. I don't. I may have seen it in the theater, but it, I was too young, and mm-hmm. it was the first time I ever understood the content the concept of stabbing. Yeah. And oh, I feel boy. like as a child, you're either someone who knows about stabbing and then you cross that or doesn't know about stabbing and then you cross <laughs> the Rubicon and your whole world changes and there's a world in which you could be stabbed. Yeah. yeah. And it's tough. It's <laughs> tough for me. To, I'm trying to think when I learned about stabbing. <laughs> Every girl remembers where she was when she learned about stabbing. Um, I really enjoyed The Outsiders and I don't – so I must have already – I must have already been indoctrinated into the a world of stabbing, but I know I have a similar, somewhat similar story. Um, and this is about to get very dark, and I haven't even introduced Tony yet. Who? Welcome no. back to your first Thursday show. Yay. Back. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Hi. Welcome um, back, Tony. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, uh, my mom grew up in Northern California, and like someone nearby, across the street from her, there was a sniper in the neighborhood, mm. and they cool. got shot or something. And so she was very traumatized by this story, and I mean, as one would be. Um, so I know that a world where a sniper could just be lurking and shoot <laughs> someone, I do actually clearly remember where I was when that could happen. But here's the weird thing about that story. And I feel like I could just go onto like newspapers.com and find it probably. But when you think sniper, don't you think someone who's like been hired, possibly law enforcement and has a target in mind versus this was like just a, this is more like a random shooting. Yeah. I think, of, I think of military. I think of like a yeah. sniper yeah. in a war situation. Possibly she's been misusing the term sniper this whole time. I think this was just a random person with a gun in the neighborhood. I'm going to need to get more. I detail. think it means I think it means the type of shooting it is because there was a DC oh. sniper. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And or, because he shot people bond. from rooftops. Right. Yeah. No. So, right. The DC sniper shot from the trunk of his car. He had modified the trunk of oh, his yeah, car. That's right. Jeez, okay. uh, also I actually, very hot, very, yeah, very right. attractive. Moves. My cousin was engaged to a guy. They didn't end up getting married. A guy who was one of the first people shot by the uh, DC sniper. Uh, and the bullet, because this was in in Seattle. He started in Seattle. And he like drove down to like Arizona, and then and the bullet was like lodged. In, he was still lodged in his head. Didn't kill him, Jeez. but he like has the bullet in his head. Yeah. Did they get married? Or were they, they only nev- They didn't end up not getting married. But because, well, she couldn't marry this? some loser with a bullet in his head. Sorry, <laughs> 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 hey. I mean, yeah. if, you're, if you're the kind of person that's going to have a bullet in your head, you know what I mean? Think I of agree. all the times you go through the airport security. You're just like, yeah, you don't want to deal with that. that guy. Yeah. Deal with that it's shit. annoying. <laughs> yeah. You know. Daniel, sorry, I'm revealing all your stuff, but I've already no, revealed boy. it on this show. Without your permission, I'm sorry, but it was mm. okay. So Daniel has a hernia, which may be repaired mm. sometime when they're doing that Minor. kind of very, non-COVID stuff. Deal. What? 
It's not a big, it's just like a little. Yeah, but is that, me- I mean, it's been a while since we've been in an airport, but is the mesh they're going to put in going to hold us oh. up much like your cousin's fiance's bullet would have? <laughs> is it metal? I don't, I don't actually know. know. I would imagine you might, it's not. You might. Well, How's your hearing, by the way? You've got a hernia and you lost I your know. hearing. I know. It was quite Jeez. eventful a few weeks there for me. Uh, hearing is good. Thank you. Good. It, um, okay, I, good. Yeah. So I can I can hear that I was informed by the uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor that the eardrum is a miraculous part of the human body, and that mm. uh, it wow. uh, heals really easily. Who knew? Uh, Doesn't so it go. seem like every I challenge doctor listeners to prove me wrong? I feel like every doctor you go to, especially if they have a specialty, is like the blah 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 fill in the blank is a miraculous part of the body. Like, there's no one who's like, you know, the uterus, it's a bag of shit. The, the spleen, well, maybe the, I feel like you don't have a lot of people who are into the spleen. Yeah, like, but who's in the spleen, general, spleen doctor? Yeah. In general, they're just going to say everything is miraculous. It's because that's just where their focus that. has been. And, you know, the yeah. foot, the ear, the eye. Yeah. They have yeah. to buy into what they've made their, their, their practice, their life's work. I'm just yeah, glad she's enthusiastic about it confirmation yes. bias so well yeah, tony I mean, yeah. oh go ahead sorry no, i was gonna say if you spend your formative years studying something you must be pretty into it right yeah, yeah. right one thing um <laughs> you know you, you can't really mail it in i guess right right Sometimes you have to think it's fascinating i think about it's about to get very personal um i think about the doctor that so i had one ob when i gave birth to elliot m- merely a week after i'd seen joe uh and then we moved and then also i wanted a different experience uh longer story although i've documented it all in the podcast i think and so i had a different ob for my second but for my first one i was very worried about tearing um that's and- too much information <laughs> I was very wor- worried about it because it just sounded like painful. Painful. What did you say, Daniel? Yeah, painful. Painful. Yeah. I don't. I, I, there's not a lot of women I had talked to who had given birth who really like strongly endorsed tears and stitching and all that stuff. So I really was wanting to avoid that. And I remember mm. the doctor being like, "What are you worried about?" You know, I, I want to get it right the way she said it. That vagina, it really snaps back into place. <laughs> she did that. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen with her hands. Put her hands, Whoa. like sort of if you were going to do the like church and steeple interlacing her fingers. It just, it really snaps back into place. It tightens back up. And I think that she thought that I was worried about like the integrity of my vagina for future sexual endeavors or something when really, it really only had to do with pain. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't get what was so confusing about that. But anyway, moving on. Well, I just have a quick question. Yes, Joe, do you have uh, pregnant ladies wanting to meet with you in order to induce their pregnancy often, or is it just <laughs> have, has the word not gotten out your your powers of you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, women will come into the bar <laughs> that I just opened and said I'm not hungry, but this thing just won't it just won't move. So what can you do? And we talk for a business. moment, and sometimes it drops right there. <laughs> wow. Very exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. We had to redo the floors a few times, but. <laughs> worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> some some bars miracle. have peanuts on the floors. <laughs> yeah, some have placentas. Have placentas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, Tony, welcome back. Like I said Thank before, you. this is your first episode back after your tour that did not go as planned. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And on the, our Patreon episode, we got into all the details. But why don't you quickly just fill everyone in in case people are like, what's going on? Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll try and do the, the quick version, even though there's lots of parts to it. But uh, yeah. You can I, do the you know. full version if you want. Well, it was just. Yeah, We've got a lot uh, of time just, to I'll kill here, Tony. I'll try and do it, uh, you know, not so uh, slow and boring. Um, so I drove to Michigan. It took me like three, two and a half, three days to, to do that drive before Christmas. Uh, gonna stay at my sister's house and then took the dog with me. My parents were coming there also, and then they were gonna take the dog back to Virginia and watch him while I was on tour. And my tour was starting in Chicago, and I was only like two hours away from Chicago. So after Christmas, then I go to Chicago. Actually, no, I take that back. Went to Grand Rapids first. We had a warm up show in Grand Rapids, which was the only show we actually ended up playing because the first date of the actual tour. Uh, COVID struck like it did everywhere else. And, uh, at first it was just our singer and, uh, then, you know, fast forward a couple of days and then four of the five of us got it. And at first we just canceled a couple shows. Then the whole thing got postponed completely. And now the dates have been moved, uh, to June and July. So hopefully those happen. I really hope. Um, so yeah. And then I had to do the like two and a half, three day drive. Just weeks after I did it again, which I didn't mind doing the drive, but I didn't expect to have to do it again so quickly. So that's a bummer. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but here's a bright side for Tony. Here's a big bright side for Tony. It doesn't have to do with the tour, but it does have to do with his podcast, which is that my really coolest friend in the entire world. Her name is Bonnie, and she finds all the podcasts to listen to that are cool. And you can find her at Fierce Grandma on Instagram. She has a great Instagram. And she was like, listen to this podcast about these bizarre albums. And I was like, okay, I listen to everything you send me. And I open it up and I'm like, it's Tony. It's Mishpocha. It's family. I felt so proud. I listened to all of them. It's a fantastic. You to all of them? Wow. I think I listened to a lot of them. It's a fantastic. I want you to do the kids from fame. We can talk about it. It's not that bizarre. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, it's a live album. But great job. So thank you. You, you drove back, but you still have, without touring, <laughs> but you still have your podcast. I, I do. Yes. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you. I appreciate You're that. Welcome. You're welcome. And the upside is that now you're back and I'm in your life again. Yeah. Because yeah, there was something lacking and I couldn't put my finger on it. And now I know. <laughs> was there an Allison shaped hole in your heart? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, sound a little more sure, please. Because we've gone through this, but like you were so looking forward to getting out of here. <laughs> yeah, I I, well, I mean, not not the show, but just like <laughs> in town in general. I just like you know, it's it. been uh, it's been a shitty couple of years, and uh, I was really looking forward to just going out and doing what I really enjoy doing. <laughs> not that I don't enjoy doing this, but just you know, getting as far away from Allison as possible. <laughs> it's a yeah, different, much different was. side of my life, and uh, I was looking forward to getting back out there and kind of hoping to get kind of like a life reset, kind mm. of. And uh, yeah, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> it's just you know you just put a postponement a, you press the snooze yeah. button on the I, reset i'm trying to take the attitude of well i still have something to look forward to now yeah, yeah. we'll see <laughs> excuse me you're on this show i feel like you should be happy 
You're on Bonnie Morrison's radar for podcasts. <laughs> at Grandma. Okay. So speaking of things that are um, are depressing. Me. <laughs> no, I, that came out wrong. I meant to say I'm depressed. I didn't mean to say I'm depressing. But really, at what point? I mean, it's kind of the same thing at a certain point. But anyway, so I, for the last three days, have been taking these midday naps and falling into a deep sleep where yeah. I have crazy dreams and I wake up and I'm not sure where I am. Like I mm. woke up and I was looking at the curtain rod and I'm like, am I in California? Am I in New York or am I in Europe? Which is really oh. fancy for my subconscious to think that might be a place I am. <laughs> um, and then it takes me a while to wake up. Like our four-year-old, he wake and I think little kids in general wake up instantly and then they are 100% awake. Like I'll go into his room to get him up for school and then he'll open his eyes and like be laughing and, ma- and make jokes and stuff. I at this point am like an old car where I'm just like, it's like, that's not a good car impression, but you know what I'm saying? It takes a while to turn over, which is that in itself is depressing. Like what does that phys- physiologically, what does that mean is happening that it takes a while for all the systems to come online But the fatigue, I am so, so tired all the time that I feel like I need to have my levels checked. Daniel suggested that he thinks I'm never getting a full night of sleep. And that's why I'm so tired because I am up a lot in the night. I don't know. But I'm wondering, and I know none of us are MDs here, but could it just be that it's January, it's three years into the pandemic, the days are short and cold? How's everyone else's sleep and mood going? Horrible. Horrible. Also terrible. Horrible. The whole world is having an existential crisis right now. I mean, you know, it's horrible. It's a horrible... I mean, let's get it all out. I mean, it's just, you know, it's... There's no... We went from the craziest president ever to the most inept president ever. Like, so you, there was a guy that wouldn't shut up at the party. And now the host of the party is missing. And we're like, where, where does anybody know where he went? Are we supposed to yeah. be here? Cause I want to change this song like that. Yeah. Like yeah. every governor in every other state is getting, is having to resign or they're having a meltdown on television or they're at odds with somebody. There's no leadership. CDC's contradicting itself left, right, and center. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. People can't get their financial footing back. Nobody knows how in danger or how not in danger we are. You know what I mean? Like, it's just an absolute mess. I mean, I'm I'm sticking a Q-tip up my own nose multiple days a week in my kitchen. And I don't even know why I'm doing it to be. Oh, <laughs> to be. it took me a second to realize what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 I like it. It's what it's a thing. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just but I'm the same way. I'm, I had COVID in the very beginning. I had a very light bout with it. I didn't even know I had it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I but I had it. And, um, I, you know, everybody keeps talking about these long term COVID effects and all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, I don't know if that's what it is. I think these all sound like things that are happening when you've been in a hellscape for two and a half years. Right. Yeah. People are tired. Nobody's motivated. We all gained weight. Like, I, I can't tell you how many people I know that are like, I'm three times the size I was. Yep. And I've met people. This is crazy to me. I've met people like, you know, like, like since delta right uh maybe pre-omnicron or right in that time that are fat that are like 
dude, I was not fat before Coke. Like I was a thin per- Like I met people where I was like, oh, this is just a big guy. He's always been a big guy, I guess. And then he's like, no, no, I'm quite slim <laughs> two years ago. Like, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. You know, and everybody, you know, you, you, you eat crap because you want comfort food and mm-hmm. and you drink too much or whatever it is. You know, some people are ODs were at like a record high at the beginning of the covid lockdown. Like well, it was see, the most OD overdoses ever. I am wondering, am I really this sleepy or am I like a dog that's bored and i'm like sleep just i could really go for three hours of not being awake right now well part of it is that it just feels good i think but i also do feel very tired what about you robin are you waking up um, and um being active i uh, i'm a morning person but sometimes that gets uh disrupted by the fact that sometimes i can't get sam to stop snoring from time to time so i'll so one of us will have to switch rooms and so today for example it happened last night and then today i was like it was noon and i was like i've got so much energy and then at 12 15 i was like i'm gonna die i'm actually gonna <laughs> die i'm gonna fall over and die and so i did this thing and it's going to sound really woo-woo, but instead of taking that three-hour sort of deeper nap that gets into your subconscious, I do mm-hmm. this thing that I learned in a yoga class called Yoga Nidra. And Yoga Nidra is – they call it enlightened sleep so that your body is relaxed, but you're kind of hearing the recording of it. And you can find Yoga Nidra on YouTube if you want. But it basically guides you through like a 23-or-so-minute nap so that you wake up and you don't feel like you've just – chunked out a whole part of your day um but it was hard to wait i will that said i did it today and i woke up and didn't want to wake up and i think it's a combination of just being exhausted from this vibe and it feels like groundhog day and it's not it's just getting to be kind of gross (laughs) yeah it's i I have a theory too that 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 this or a theory my opinion theory is much too lofty yeah. like like me waking up and thinking i'm in europe yeah yeah there you go <laughs> no but my opinion is i think that this phase of it is worse than the lockdown phase because at least in the lockdown phase you you, you had to surrender to it you were like we're not allowed right. to go anywhere and uh hey i'll try to collect unemployment while i sit home and oh i'll apply for this grant or this sba or whatever there was there was some relief offered and whatever and you sat home and it was depressing, but whatever. Now it's in this thing where it's like everything's open. There's no assistance. There's no relief. But it's like, hey, man, uh, take care. Hope wish you well out there, yeah. you know, and that to me is worse because you go into places and you want to feel like you're living and whatever. And they're kind of empty still. And like you're still seeing masks everywhere and it just doesn't feel right, you know? So, yeah, uh, I, I actually, uh, you know. I, I made a similar point on, I can't remember what show, but it's like, I feel like I'm being gaslit a little bit by the pandemics. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, are, how dangerous is it? Right. What is happening? So Joe, you're in New York, you mm-hmm. run a bar and mm-hmm. from what, and the rest of us are in California. Um, mm-hmm. What I've been hearing is that it feels very different in New York. Like in, in California, most people are still taking it pretty seriously. There's masks in a lot mm-hmm. of places. Whereas in New York, my understanding is that it's more relaxed. Yes. Well, I mean, you, you know, it's a very different environment here, period, all the time. Right. So L.A., one of the reasons I left L.A. is because I'm sort of perpetually single mm. and um 
I found it to be a very isolating place. You know, it's very yeah. spread out. You're sort of segregated from other people. Totally. You have to. Yeah, you have to. There is no walk out the front door and plug in. You have to drive to the thing. And hopefully the thing is interesting when you get there. Um, but New York isn't like that. New York is you're part of the ant the ant colony or whatever. So people are taking it seriously. But at the same time, it's just people are still going to live their lives in the way they live their lives in New York to an extent. That said, you know, the bars, for instance, are not as anywhere near as full as they usually would be. And Times Square is not as traversed as it usually would be. And, you know, it's definitely a lighter, emptier uh, version of New York. But but crime is back. So that's good. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Thank yeah. God. You. We missed yeah. the crime. Yeah. Yeah. Have I was you- talking to Eddie Pepitone today because he's coming out oh. here for something. And he was like, he was like, I'm excited, man. People are getting pushed in front of subway cars again. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, he rules. Um, so I'm gonna do something unprecedented for my show, except I've discovered recently that my memory is not what it was. So I imagine a listener is going to write in or however they communicate with me and be like, actually, you have done this before. But I think it's unprecedented. I want to do a segment. Yes, please. Or oh, please. (laughs) And I'm going to do the same item we did last week because I feel that there's I don't feel I I don't feel satisfied from what happened when we did it last week. So I don't think I've ever done this. Now, Joe, I don't know if we've done this segment with you on the show. Um. Okay. But I am going to mention something highly controversial, and I don't want to hear diplomacy. I want to hear your hot takes. I want to hear what you really think. People have been canceled for less. Okay. And then so you either say, yes, please, if you like it, or oh, please, if you don't. <laughs> Is it yes, please, give some of that, or oh, please, that's much crap. I think I understand. You're going to mention a thing that's controversial, and I have to say whether I like that thing or if I don't. Like, for example. It's very high concept, and I'm glad you got it. (laughs) Yes, please. Well, that's the kind of... That's the the bad one, right? No, I'm kidding. Now, (laughs) on your show, Taste Buds with Sal Vacano, you guys do a lot of debating, too. So I think this Mm -hmm. this will be up your alley. Okay, here we go. Coconut jelly beans. Oh, oh, please. Say more. Oh, say more. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why. Why you why, why you feel so strongly? The the just the even the description is disgusting. It sounds revolting to me. <laughs> I right. believe coconut is a rotten fruit. Oh, my God. That has almost no place in anything. Gross. Let alone jelly wow. bean. Who the hell would eat a full flavor of coconut? Oh, that's disgusting. That's like when people eat Mounds bars. I want to smack them. Oh, so you're like, you're <laughs> oh, police to coconut in general. I, I guess it I guess it has its place, but I think coconut really ruined. I, I'm, I have a bit of a lactose intolerance the older I get. And I got some dairy free ice cream the other night and it was made with. I didn't know this until I started eating. It was made with coconut milk and I threw it. I took two bites and threw it away. It just it 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 coconut is like mint. Or oh. dill, it just infects everything when it's in the dish. And if you don't like that flavor, then then you're shit out of luck, you know. So, I mean, this is the argument that Daniel makes about raw onions. Yeah, I feel like raw onions are the arrogant vegetable. So it's all <laughs> about the fucking onion. Oh, look at you! 
I mean, I love raw onions, but I, I, I get it. You know what I mean? And I like yeah. dill. Well, I like dill flavored things. I don't like the I, don't, I hate when the herb dill is actually in mm-hmm. Same. like salad yeah. or whatever. But yeah, but I hear you, you're right. You can't if you don't like onions and onions are on it. Forget it. man. You know, it's like but that's true about coconut. I, th- I had a yeah. same situation. I had a, a, a like a vegan milkshake and I was like, oh, this is a whatever flavor you're getting. You're getting a coconut milkshake. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but Daniel, you too- like coconut. I feel like when we started dating, just, you had two strong opinions. Pears are good, and coconut is great. I felt like coconut was underrated, but things have changed. That was a long time ago. Okay, and I've actually come to think to feel very strongly that I really only like fresh coconut. Um, so no coconut jelly. And beans I really for you. don't like artificial coconut flavor. I, I that's actually a, a a kind of a turnoff of a taste. It's like not they don't do it right well, that's a great point too because coconut is one of those fruits it's like banana the artificial version of it is yeah. it it you can te- you can taste the chemicals like you can taste that this was concocted and for some reason other fruits aren't like that uh you know but but man but like coconut banana like yeah, banana is same yeah ugh. the artificial now, version of it is bad yeah i have uh when i go to the tropics i wear a coconut bra <laughs> so that is what it, but I don't I don't like coconut in my shakes or my ice cream either but I do love my coconut bra it just shows everybody that you're ready for a party a yes. coconut bra and a floral skirt <laughs> where are you with coconut jelly beans Robin absolutely not no wow. please oh please no because also what is a jelly bean is it gelatin like we've been eating I mean, just start with a jelly bean and then adding coconut. It's like two of the worst things. I was never into them as a kid. My sister, I think my sister's theme to her bat mitzvah was literally jelly beans. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, you know, I was just like, really? You're going to read the Torah and become a woman and give everybody jelly beans? That seems so lame. Cool Uh, So I guess I just have, I'm really anti-jelly bean. And then wow. if you add co- coconuts, just a terrible flavor. I just mm-hmm. had a one of those. I just had like a a meal bar, a meal replacement bar, and I didn't know what I was eating. I was like, "This tastes weird." And I looked at the thing, and I was like, "Because it has coconut in it." Oh my god, coconut! Ugh. You're unwelcome at this table. Except yeah. I will welcome you. This is the kind of spicy fire hot takes yeah. that I was looking for. And la- I, my guests were wonderful last week, but they just they met the coconut jelly bean with kind of a shoulder like they weren't Uh, into it but not they didn't they weren't yeah they didn't feel it wasn't they weren't so polarized by it tony i also what what, robin you make a great point that the 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 audacity of the jelly bean that it's still coming around it's been outdone by so many candies mike and ike better version of a jelly bean skittles better version of a jelly bean um sour patch kids better version of a jelly like it's so like the gelatin candy is so there's so many better options and then you get this yeah my mom sent me a bag of the the old school what are they called bally's or whatever jelly you know the ones you get at easter oh yeah brocks Mm -hmm. or brocks whatever the hell they're called yeah yeah. big ones b-r-a-c-h-s yeah Yeah, and it was like late one night and i was like this will be fun and i had like (laughs) three and i was like this is not even worth the squeeze on this and i that was it i was like i'm not this is there's nothing enjoyable about it yeah but people should have known that there was something up with ronald reagan when it came out his favorite uh, candy 
was jelly beans. Tony, <laughs> you haven't weighed in. Uh, I am. I'm. Uh, I think me and Robin are our best friends now. I think because I'm in the exact <laughs> same boat. I, I've I have never been a, a jelly beansman, and uh, <laughs> never will be. I, I don't like them at all. Never have cared about them. Yeah, and coconut. They look cool. Co- <laughs> yeah, sure. They they could make a nice nice decoration, a jar mm-hmm. full of colorful jelly beans. But uh yeah, I don't care about it. and coconut also not really a huge fan of either. So put those two together and get the fuck out of here. Yep. All right. So I am going to knock all your socks off and blow no, your You're not going to ask me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Daniel. I, f- I, f- I forgot I about you. Oh, I know. I thought you had already answered. No. What do, what do you how do you feel? Uh I'm neutral on them. We yep. don't allow that. I don't. It's like I, I don't hate them. I don't love them. There are worse flavors in the jelly bean bag. Uh, oh yeah, that's for sure. No, mean, what is yeah. worse? Which one? Black is, licorice. I was going to say aside from the black beans. licorice one, but like yeah. yeah. But the proportion of black licorice to like we just got a bag of jelly, jelly bellies, bellies, which mm-hmm. I hadn't eaten uh. those in a while. Previously considered kind of the Cadillac of jelly beans, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, I was going through them. First of all, I really, I don't know if they've changed the formulas or what. Not as good as I remember. Kind of okay, you know, except they have a new flavor that I, I liked, which was the caramel popcorn. I thought that was pretty good. But uh, they there were like 40 flavors in this bag, and I had to divide them up because I had to, well, I was with the uh, Elliot. And um, there were like maybe two of each flavor, Maybe three, except for the black licorice, and there were eight. Uh, and I just want to know, like, at, what's happening at these companies? Is there something I don't know? Are there people out there, like a lot of people, who just love the black jelly bean? And uh, it seems offensive to put those in a bag with children, especially. Like, what kid likes a black? Je- anyway, this nerd. <laughs> I okay. But I'm really, give, like kids, that's an adult flavor. You I'm should have adult give, jelly beans. <clears throat> I'm going to give the opaque white coconut jelly bean a yes, please. I enjoy that. <laughs> I enjoy that flavor. Uh, and the reason I thought of it was, yes, as Daniel mentioned, we recently bought, we recently got a bag of jelly bellies because Elliot has a big rite of passage for him. He has received a gumball machine. Um, and we had to put something in it that I don't think is at gumball level yet. But so anyway, and I re, when I saw the bag and I saw the black jelly beans and I saw the white coconut jelly beans, I remembered that at the school I went, you were not allowed to say that you liked black licorice jelly beans because Mm -hmm. only I don't, some kind of loser would like those. And you also, people felt just as strongly about the coconut jelly bean. Like those two, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing this echoed here, which is just mind blowing to me. Those two were seen as like incredibly offensive flavors that no one likes. And I don't understand. I get that. I like black licorice, but I get that that is a flavor that doesn't mix well with other flavors, really. But I feel like that coconut one goes well with all the flavors. I think all of you are wrong, but I appreciate your willingness to discuss with me. I'm crazy? Sure. Oh, my God. You know, it's like we we don't have an outro for this segment, but if we did, I teed it up. (laughs) I teed up an outro that we don't have. (laughs) That was yes, please, or no, please. Okay. 
Anyway, you know something that's not polarizing at all and that you will love? It's Cometeer Coffee. This episode is sponsored by Cometeer. Cometeer is the first coffee you melt to make. It's delicious quality coffee that's ready in seconds. Cometeer's freshly brewed coffee arrives flash frozen inside the world's first 100% curbside recyclable capsule. It's super simple to melt your way to hot or iced coffees, lattes, and so much more. No machines or expensive equipment needed. It's simply incredible, fuss-free, mess-free coffee. So it's really, uh, it's really, I would say innovative, actually. People who know coffee know the best beans, the best temperature to brew it at, the best way to make the best coffee, take it, and then they freeze it in these tiny little capsules. So it mm. arrives and you put it in your freezer right away. We have a bunch in our freezer. And then when you want your coffee, so it's like, you don't, you're not going to mess it up. It's perfectly made. You don't need a machine. Frozen. Yeah. And then you either put it in, what I've been doing is I put, the ones that I want in the refrigerator the night before. And then in the morning when I want hot coffee, I just put some, some water in the mic. You just get hot water, put the little coffee thing in it. And then you have delicious coffee that tastes like only the best and most expensive coffees in LA. Uh, That's when I taste it. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is that the flavor of that coffee where you're like, Oh, I'm getting, some kind of person in a lab coat made this for me and mm-hmm. it tastes perfect. Um, but then, and I haven't been drinking iced coffee lately, but now that I have Cometeer, I've gotten into iced coffee too. It's really delicious. And I look at my coffee machines because we have a few machines and I think, haha, don't need you anymore. Cometeer brings you the best coffee on the planet. It's incredible, but don't just take my word for it. Experience it for yourself and try the coffee you melt to make. Brewed exclusively in partnership with award-winning roasters. And we've got a special deal for you. Save $20 off your first order when you sign up at cometeer.com slash best friend. That's cometeer, C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R.com slash best friend. And we thank Cometeer for sponsoring the podcast. I also want to tell you guys about Songfinch. So Songfinch is this company where you can create a personalized radio quality song full of details about your life. It's the perfect gift for your spouse, mom, best friend, grandmother, child, honestly, anyone that is special to you. Uh, It's especially a great gift for Valentine's Day for the person that has everything. So I have ordered a song for someone on this show. It has not arrived yet. I am building anticipation from week to week. Is it who, who is it for? What's it about? No, I mean, I know, but no one else knows. And I got to choose the genre. I got to choose the tempo. I also chose one for Greg Fitzsimmons on childish. And I chose a, a rap song. I chose a different genre for the Alison Rosen is your best friend song, but I cannot wait for the song to arrive and for me to play it for the person who I am gifting it to. Um, songs are created and delivered in four to seven days and you never have to worry about shipping. Your songs are emailed to you on a unique landing page. It's really, Ooh. really fun and creative. Uh, and then you can put like all these, you know, you kind of tell them, is it about a relationship? Is it, a, you know, is it about an occasion? Is it this? And you kind of give them some, some, if you know, I for sure want this term in there or these inside jokes or whatever. Um, songs are $200, but with code Allison, you get $20 off your own custom song this week only. Just $179 for a gift they will treasure forever. But hurry, you have to use the code Allison for $20 off this week only. Visit Songfinch, that's S-O-N-G-F-I-N-C-H dot com and use code Allison for $20 off your own custom song. That's a good deal. Um, so I have to tell you guys about something that happened that was just highly traumatic for me. Uh, small, small T. So uh, f- this girl that I went to elementary school with, 
contacted me on Facebook mm-hmm. and she said that she was going through mementos with her kids and she found a letter that I sent her and she thought I might want to see it. And she sent it to me. It's four handwritten pages that I yes. sent her when I was written with turquoise blue ink on blue paper, sent her when I was 14. She went to, we went to elementary school together. She went to boarding school. I went to public high school and it was this letter and I read it. And I know that right now, you know, we're supposed to have compassion for our younger selves. That's kind (laughs) of, (laughs) uh, I feel like I see a lot of that on Instagram and also every therapist I've had talks about that. However, I read it and I was just like, I, and this is what I need to, this is, this is a thing for therapy more than for this show, uh, to figure out why I like was so, I just couldn't get far enough away from the person I was at 14, but it is like 97% bullshit in that letter. I had invented a whole world that I was telling her about. And I think I just feel so uncomfortable with who I was at 14 and I had forgotten just how sad that person was that they felt that they had to like just brag and self-aggrandize so much and I'll specifically tell Wait, you what it was are so you saying I wanted sorry are you saying it's bullshit as in you think it's dumb or it's bullshit as in you made up a bunch of stuff I exaggerated just her ass of, off I exaggerated <clears throat> slash lied about and I, I hate lies. Like I, honestly, in a way, it's almost like the, a missing link for me. In that I'm like, maybe that's why my whole podcasting and social and public life now is all about like trying to be the most authentic person I can be. It's like because I was so full of shit at 14. <laughs> so I wanted to be an actress when I was like 12 or 13, and I, uh, I got a little manager. And she sent me out to be an extra on a number. Of, I was a background actor. And I also went on auditions, did not book anything. That's not what I told people I went to high school with. But that was the truth. I, I did not book anything <laughs> at that point. Uh, I was an extra on stuff. But it was pretty fun to be able to miss school and like go be on set as an extra. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> the whole letter background is just, actor background, background actor that's right i got i got in a lot of trouble for saying extra a few years ago so. oh really yes from who my Screen friend extra who works skill? as a background actor okay <laughs> he got so mad at me so yeah. so the whole letter is just about like have you seen this show? It premieres on September 13th at 9 p.m. Um, so and so and so and it's just like other people's IMDb credits. Like, and then it's me just saying how they're all my friends. Like, oh, I'm friends with this person. I'm friends, just people who were in these shows that I was a extra. They're all my friends. And so in real life, Steven Dorf flirted with me a little <laughs> bit in the school trailer. So I had like a years long crush on him. So I was like, have you chosen a guy yet? This friend, by the way, is gay. But at that point, we did. I, I didn't know. She probably knew. But anyway, I'm like, have you chosen a guy yet? The guys at my school are pretty cool, but chosen they are nothing compared to actors. <laughs> um, and then I went started talking about Steven Dorff, and then I talked and then I was like, what movies and TV shows are you into? Let me know. Maybe I know those people. Is it like... <laughs> Do you read teen <laughs> magazines? Maybe it's uncool at your school to read teen magazines. Well, it's uncool at my school too, but it's different for me because my friends are in them. 
Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That's great. Oh. Wow. I'm Just a Spanish terrible teacher. person. It's, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. And that's part so, of growing up. That's part of growing up is seeing like, is this going to work if I try this on? Like, Well, I think that's what it was. I think that I actually was my true self in grade school. And then in seventh grade, I suddenly went from being, I was never like super popular or anything, but I had my group of friends. And then suddenly I was an outcast for like three months. And it was incredibly socially devastating for me to suddenly like I was just like a social pariah and weirdly I I feel like a lot of girls have this story from seventh grade seventh grade girls turn on each other but anyway I think after that I was like well the real me that's not working so I need to be some other I don't I don't know but anyway and by the way I will I think I will share the letter on Patreon eventually I'll share it on the show as well but i i've done segments where i've read from old diaries and i could laugh at it but for some reason i cannot laugh at this i'm so like mortified over it but anyway what were you guys like at 14 well i was gonna it's funny that you bring this up because i'm actually like deep knee deep in research about a, a thing i'm writing about about my high school years because my high school years were particularly apocalyptic out in the valley in the very early 90s with earthquakes and whatnot mm-hmm. and fires and floods and everyone dying uh but I found like all of my oh amazing. I found a lot of spiral notebooks oh, wow. with a lot of feelings in them, and it's every single one. There's like a common theme, which is like so and so hates me. Like mm. you know, I just thought everybody hated me. Uh, and so it's we're not we're figuring out who we are at that point, especially as girls. You're, and that's why you got to write in that diary and just kind of write until you figure it out. Yeah, you know, I think if I I should just find my diaries from that time because I don't think I was lying in my diary. This was right a press release I was putting out, and right. also this the girl that I was writing to was not one of my close friends. Like I, I'm wondering if I you wanted you know, her to tell was, other people about what? how ama- you wanted her to relay the information about how amazing your life is to everyone else. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It's just I had for, I had like repressed this part of my development when I was just a such an asshole. I mean, <laughs> I think about how grateful I am that social media didn't exist when I was yeah. that age. And oh, yeah. I mean, l- like these kids coming up now, there's for the rest of their lives they're going to be confronted with these flashes way more than you with this letter that was just this fluky thing. I mean, my God, all that. All the different pages on the internet that it will just exist with just embarrassing shit. <laughs> Joe, what were you at 14? I guess what I'm wondering is, um, I think some people actually kind of were were their authentic self already at that point. Um, no, I mean, <clears throat> not really. I mean, I guess I guess in the sense that uh, that I was already like sort of performing and and being you know, artistic and stuff in different ways. And 14 was definitely when I started started to realize my sense of humor mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, you know, like any other kid, I was, I was, I was terribly insecure. Um, I was not good with dating or any, or like talking to girls or anything like that. I didn't really get good at that until I got into comedy. Cause that was what gave me the confidence to, to, 
think I was potentially worth somebody's time, you know, but, um, um, but no, it was, uh, it was not a great, uh, it was not a great time. I don't look back on it fondly. Um, I, you know, I still have some friends from back then, which is nice. Um, there's still some people in my life from back then, which is really nice, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I found those years to be, uh, I found childhood to be quite uh, torturous. Yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I, 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 I just never, I just remember being very overwhelmed from a very, very young age, much younger than 14, about how at the mercy of everything I was mm-hmm. and how little control I had and how much I didn't want to be a part of any of it. I, I knew I hated going to church. I just didn't know why I knew I hated going to school. I just didn't know why I knew I felt like sad about my surroundings, but I didn't really know why, you know, but I remember from a very young age, begging my mom to move. Uh, can we please move to California? I thought all my problems would be solved. Uh, you know, but yeah, it was just, it was just terrible. Yeah. Terrible time. <laughs> and I, I also think there's like, when we're writing letters and having, you know, we're all essentially having a terrible time, like Joe is saying. And then I think, <laughs> I think we write in our diaries and our in our letters to our friends. I can I can only claim this for myself, but that it was like it's performative, right? Totally. So you want to say like hundred percent? Like sometimes I wrote in these diaries as if somebody was reading them. But no one was going to read them. But we just were all like weirdly clamoring for attention and Mm -hmm. trying on different. I was so needy. Same. I mean. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But both Daniel and my sister, who I I talked to about this letter, uh, were like, you know, imagine if it was Elliot. Think about how, you know, you wouldn't have this, you know, anger and and all the negative stuff but i was thinking if it were elliot i would not only would i think it's like everything he does is cute and sweet and perfect but i would think well why does he feel like he needs to be inventing an alternate reality like inventing a fake world you know i i want him to feel okay with who he is outside of what he's accomplishing just for who he is at the same time. I'm not like, I don't know how, I don't think that my parent, I don't know how much my parents realized what was really going on with me, but I guess I like the whole, to me like, this is, and maybe everything 14 year olds do is this, but like, this is a cry for help. This four page <laughs> turquoise ballpoint pen written with a Sanrio pen, I think was a cry for help. Tony, were you cool? Uh, I was not cool. Uh, I do think there were a lot of things about me that, were kind of already there that are still there like certain things about my personality and like what i a lot of the thing you know being into some of the things i was very into and i was already playing drums for a long time and all that um but as i've talked about here before 14 was also kind of the first time i was like forced out of my comfort zone kind of almost my whole life because i grew up in a small town in michigan then when I started high school is when my family moved to Virginia, and then I was suddenly the new kid in school, and I, I'm kind of shy around people I don't know very well, and uh, yeah, I did not adjust to that very well. Um, and then as I talked about, also at that same time as the new kid in school, 
That is also when Tony Braxton became popular. So, oh, no. Uh, not a great combo. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think there are elements of me that were that are uh, similar, and I was kind of me already. But also, yeah, I mean, still a lot of work to do there, though, also. Right. Yeah. Uh, Daniel? What's the question now? <laughs> who, were, who were you at 14? Oh, man. I mean... First of all, I just think like, (laughs) I don't know. I was like way up in my own head. And so it's really hard to answer that question. It wasn't until college where I feel like I got grounded in some ways. Like I just lived in, in my, in a, I look back, I'm like, I lived in a, in a complete fantasy world in some ways. I had no, I had no understanding of anything to do with other people. I just had no idea. So I don't know how to, but like to the point where I, um, we were watching Yellow Jackets and they had that reunion episode. And I, I just feel like why on earth would anyone ever want to do a reunion? Like what the, I have, why do these exist? There's a person, uh, here in the, in, in the business that, uh, that I went to high school with. Uh, who I had lost touch with after high school. She is someone who I was friendly with in high school and is a lovely person, very funny. Uh, and I sh- should get together with her. It would make a lot of sense. And I don't. And, for, and I think about why. And it's because I don't want to come into contact with anyone who knew me. <laughs> because I don't want to hear... I don't want it. I don't want it reflected back to me what I was like in high school. And there's nothing because this could happen. What's happening in me right now? Yeah, there's nothing particularly weird or anything. It's just like I want that to just be a shadowy part of my memory, part of the evolution of who I became. I don't need to be directly confronted mm. with all the awkwardness and bizarreness of what I feel like I probably was. But I think actually we are supposed to accept and integrate all those versions of ourselves. Yeah, that's but what I, Yoga I, Nidra says, right, Robin? Yes, that's what <laughs> Yoga Nidra says. It's chapter three. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I have integrated it. I don't need to like go back and study it. Well, I can say I had a really. Um, there were certain things I can't get into right now, but th- I had a tough. I had a tough road in high school, and thought of it as like this horrible, awful thing. But now that I'm like researching and doing this project and like throwing myself into it, it what it's revealed to me is that like I mean, everyone says in the yearbook that I was singing all the time and I was cracking jokes, and so. My perception of who I was, which was this troubled girl who had a big secret, um, actually people saw somebody totally different. You know, like I presented differently than how I thought I presented. I mean, that's the case with me. Even now, I think back at myself as being like this just very odd person and like, just like like I said, painful in my own brain. But my yearbook, my senior yearbook, like one girl wrote, that I was the one guy that every girl in school had a crush on. Right, there you go. Like oh, I was, yeah. That's like pretty good. The the yeah. But <laughs> that has not integrated into my brain. Like I don't think of 
that's like what who are you? did you sign the right yearbook like it, <laughs> and i just don't want to know i just don't want to it's just done it's in the past yeah but there's a there's a huge gulf between how you feel about how you were and how you were perceived one of the things i was yes. telling allison is like no other kid was thinking that much about you yeah that's you true. know like you're Daniel, sitting here I making like a big that's... deal about this but it's like no one nobody else gave a shit <laughs> it's interesting that's pretty braggy yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's braggy like my letter what even is... though i'm happy for you no no i don't i'm not saying that to brag i'm saying that to illustrate the difference between how you think yeah. of yourself and how i know listen i wish i knew i knew that at any point earlier in my high school when i could act it on it it was literally like walking out the door oh by the way everybody thought you were cute or whatever and it's like oh fuck i but, um grabbed my high school yearbooks last time i was at my parents house and i thought oh i can't wait to read this and then i haven't cracked it open it's in fact terrifying. our dog wendy was <laughs> nibbling on it and i was like go for it <laughs> yeah I, I can't imagine wanting to do that yeah you, well uh, no i do want to read it but i can't well, do it you asked which it- Oh, oh, sure. Sorry, uh, I was just gonna say that you asked if if I was cool when I was fourteen, and then Daniel mentioned why would anybody want to go to a reunion? Uh, I've had no desire. I haven't gone to any of my uh, high school reunions, but the coolest I ever felt in my life, though, was when my ten year uh, high school reunion happened, and I got to respond saying. I can't come. I'll be on tour in Australia with my band. Nice. So, oh, yes. That felt That's good. Great. Did yeah. you that say it so in an cool. Australian accent, too, to show how much you changed? <laughs> I blew it. See, now I'm going to beat myself up about that. Yeah. I'm going on tour. I can't. What am I doing? I'm usually I know, okay. Oh no! I have to try. It's like a beetle. No, try it again. You can do it. No, I I did. I sounded like get back. Going on tour. Going on (laughs) tour, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones. No, I forget it. I'll I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Um, Robin, you know what would probably help your accents? A a a gem supplement. Listen, I don't know about you guys, but when sometimes I try to take vitamins and supplements, and then I quickly stop because I don't want to take pills and I just forget and blah blah blah. blah. Um, however. Uh, that's all changed with Gem. Gem is made of a blend of 15 plus whole food ingredients that give you all the essential vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, superfoods, prebiotics, and probiotics to address our modern lifestyle needs and key deficiencies, helping with total mind and body support. Um, and I, I wish I had them right in front of me, but they're these little squares. It, it's, it's more akin to food than it is to a pill. You chew it. Um, and it's, it's made from like fruits and, and, you know, actual food items. Uh, and the ones that I have are citrus and ginger flavored. They're very good. Um, and I remember to take it. Nearly 90% of Americans are nutrient deficient. There is a massive misconception that just because you eat healthy, your body doesn't need anything extra. Our food system today is broken. And so even if you eat a well-rounded diet, it's impossible to get all the nutrition you need. Gem solves this issue by filling the gaps in your diet with daily nutrition in one delicious bite. Gem believes in eating your vitamins because food can't fit in a pill. And if you want to check out Gem and their seasonal favorite, Citrus Ginger Daily Essential for your Yourself, we have a special offer for Allison Rosen's new best friend audience. Go to www.gemvitamins.com slash best friend or enter best friend at checkout for 30% off your order. That's gemvitamins.com slash best friend for 30% off your first order. Thank you, Gem. Um, so Joe, tell us about the bar that you opened, the bar restaurant. 
Um, <clears throat> sure. Uh, it's called Joey Roses. It's on the Lower East Side in New York City. Um, my favorite neighborhood in New York City. And, um, you know, we uh, it was kind of born out of the uh, or during rather the uh, the real height of the pandemic. And it was something that I always wanted to do. And I got to talking to my buddy, Paul Italia, about it, who's one of the co-owners of the Stan Comedy Club in New York. And um, I very passively mentioned the idea to him that I wanted to kind of do this sandwich shop sometime. And he was like, let's do a pop up at the club. And we did. And people liked what we were doing. So then we started talking about opening a brick and mortar. And we both are big fans of neighborhood bars, you know, sort of old schooly types of bars and we found a spot and we opened up and we've been open since uh black friday was opening day and you know we wanted to create an environment where people could get awesome like neighborhood old school sandwiches that were really good and really filling and really quality for a really great price because they're for some reason harder to find than they should be in new york and we also wanted to create a true uh, like neighborhood bar that that like really functioned like a social club for people and and felt like something from sort of yesteryear and again was affordable and you could hang out and have a great time and you, and you know the bartender and you talk to the people sitting next to you and it's very communal and 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 it's it's so far coming together like that that's the vibe that it's been and it seems to keep going and getting stronger and stronger and i'm, I'm very very proud of it i'm very very proud of it so that's um, so cool thanks i think awesome. of that as a really hard business to get off the ground yeah it's uh it's it, it, it's daunt it's a lot <laughs> uh once it's rolling you know it's 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 like anything else it's you know it's it's uh, you know, I always say, had I known what it would take to get it rolling, I probably wouldn't have done it. That's not a regret. And anyway, I just know my personality. And had that all been presented to me <laughs> yeah. when I thought like that, this will be fun. I would have been like, I'm not doing this. This is crazy. Are you talking about like licenses and paperwork and it's, that kind of stuff? It's or? everything. I mean, it's just you're it's 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 you're spinning so many plates and mm. every, but you're not only spinning plates, every plate in order for it to keep spinning is relying on the next plate to keep spinning. Uh, so that's a, not a great feeling when like, you're like, we need this thing from over here and we need to get the certificate or the whatever for this, but we can't get that until this guy gives us this. Yeah. And we're waiting for him to give us this because we're waiting for this lady to get us that. And it's just, it's Ugh. and you have these me and my my partner, Paul, we had these shared um, documents on our iPhone to do lists and they were just so massive. And like as we got closer and closer and you check things off, like I remember the day that we were like, dude, we're down to like three things like we're almost <laughs> there. And I was supposed to go do um, Skank Fest the week before we opened and I didn't go because I was like, man, I just feel like I need to be here right now. And that's a packed festival. And I don't want to get sick. Like, God forbid I get COVID or whatever. And and I didn't go to focus on the, the opening of the bar. And I don't know why I'm bringing that up. I forget. There was a point to that, to, to me not going. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, who cares? But the point is, is. I just remember that week very clearly. Oh, oh, I remember what it was. 
I remember thinking that if I went to Skankfest, there was a thing in my head that I thought if I left town to go do something that would be fun, I would die because I was like, oh. this is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. That You know what I mean? Like, right. I can't. <laughs> Like it, it's, it's, it's like when you don't want to leave the house before Christmas, cause you don't want to get sick and you don't want to, you know, mm. and I remember thinking if I fly to Houston right now, I'm going to get sick. Something bad's going to happen. Something's going to mess up this, this dream from yeah, happening. Like your dreams almost coming true. You don't want to interfere. Yeah, exactly. So I remember sitting really tight that, that whole week leading up and, uh, and it was, it was wild. Like it's been a wild fun ride. We have an amazing staff. Um, and the neighborhood, the customers coming in, the fans, the comedy community has been so amazing. That's so so many cool. comics coming through. Uh, Are you we, there every night, pretty much? There a lot. Um, but, you know, it's nice because once you get a good staff going and things are started moving, you know, it's not that you don't have to tend to anything, but you kind of then get to slip a little more into the background position. And I get to kind of go in and see that stuff's cool and mm-hmm. whatever. And it's nice to know that if I want to, bartend at the bar i can it's it's my bar but i don't have to in the beginning i had to (laughs) until we had enough people working there so that was kind of weird um but 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 cool and it's just so great it's just so it's so fulfilling it's so you know after 22 years in uh the horrid uh entertainment business it's nice to do something that's a little more just you know direct line to the customer kind of like podcasting right you know it's like it's nice to be able to do something you just give to the person who wants it right and there is no bs you know there is no it is what it is either it's a good product or it's not and um and i've seen some very delicious looking sandwiches on instagram thanks are you involved or like are are you doing the menu who's doing who's designing these sandwiches yeah no I, i i made the whole menu up when i lived in la and they were sandwiches I would basically make for myself when I lived in L.A. because I couldn't find them in L.A. And um, and I just, you know, after you, you do it a few times, you're like, this is pretty good. I should write this down so I don't forget what the ingredients are. And then you have another one and another one. And then after a while, I was just like, oh, man, it'd be cool to have a little sandwich shop and I could have these eight sandwiches. And that would be kind of the core of the menu. And. You know, and then we went through rounds of testing them in New York with Paul and I. His dad's from Sicily, so we had his dad come in to, to try the sandwiches. Mm-hmm. We'd give them out to the waiters and waitresses at the stand and the bartenders and stuff to see what everybody thought. And once we started getting like the consistent reaction of people being like, wow, dude, this is really good. We were like, OK, I think like we're ready. I think we finalized these recipes and made the adjustments we needed to make. And then we also worked for two months on perfecting the bread because we bake the bread every morning fresh oh yes i've seen notices like we run out of bread yeah yeah we break it fresh and we sell them till till it till it runs out but there's still booze after sandwiches run out so (laughs) there's always something um but yeah that was like it's it's been a wild it's fun it's cool it's that's really really cool not a lot not everyone or a few people i feel like can say that they started a whole new endeavor during the pandemic so good job well, I mean, I feel very lucky. I almost feel guilty because it was, it's been hard on all of us. And obviously, it's been much harder on some people than others. And I feel very blessed that I was able to have the, the stars align and kind of slip into something that was able to happen or whatever. You know, that's, that's luck. I'm very lucky for that. And I'm very, very appreciative of that. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but like the pandemic made me really start to think like, what do I want to be doing with my time? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be emboldened. I love doing stand up. I don't want to be emboldened to it anymore. I don't want to be, is that the right word? Emboldened? Beholden? Beholden. Beholden. Yeah. Beholden sorry. Yeah. <laughs> What's emboldened mean? <laughs> Emboldened would be like you'd, it's making you be more bold. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not a bright man. The uh, <laughs> I didn't want to be be, be uh, you know beholden to it anymore, um, in the sense of like rolling my eyes and saying like I have to go do mm-hmm. whatever the gig is because if I don't, I can't pay my rent. And I really had gotten into a rut where I was just. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I was like, it was, it had, ju- it had just become a job. And I know for the people listening that don't do stand up, that probably sounds absurd. Uh, you know, how dare you say stand up is just a job. What a lucky job. But, you know, I talk about it on stage. I was in Buffalo this week and I was talking about it. I was like, guys, this, this show, the part, the show, this is great. This is 10% of the road. Mm-hmm. The other right. 90 is getting here alone in the hotel room the the dealing with your own feelings in the solitude the weather the being away from your stuff and your life and whatever you know the oh i drank too much last night because i was bored and i didn't know what else to do and i didn't want to just go sit in the hotel or i ate burger king at 2 a.m because it was like a fun thing to do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's so much stuff to it and um I don't know. I wanted to start working towards having a more stable life that I could that I could control. And the and the oddly enough, opening a bar is it's it's helping me do that. I don't understand how, but it is. That's so cool. Has that your has, has your relationship to the city changed now that you like own a business there? And um, yes, in well, well, in what sense do you mean? I don't but yes, know. I, but, I would think I would feel I would start to feel more. Um, like integrated into the city, like the city would become more a part of you than just simply living there. Yeah, it's it, definitely, definitely. I, I feel like 100% New York is my home now. And I always knew that this is where I was supposed to be, but I never felt that I could really call it home because I wasn't from here. Mm-hmm. But that was the other thing I realized during the pandemic that I wasn't living in New York because of stand up. That's what I thought I was doing. I was living in New York because I wanted to live in New York. Stand up was a nice perk that went along with that. So, yeah. And, and, and when New York types come through and, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Like it's pretty cool when somebody comes yeah. through, that's like been living in the neighborhood for their whole life and they're 60. <laughs> and, you know, we have a guy named Charles, Charles, he's 72. Um, he he lives right in the neighborhood. He eats. I'm not kidding. He eats five sandwiches a day sometimes, and he's completely fit. It's wild. He looks like he's 58 years old. He's 72. Uh, he's fit. <laughs> What's his he, secret? I don't know. He comes in and he gets them throughout the day, and he'll get the same sandwich sometimes five times. He'll get tuna one. with extra onions, and he's always like, I mean, extra extra like he's very very anti-daniel yeah but like you know a guy and he works at the body shop around the corner from us that i've taken my car to like and he's have a car in the city i do i have a jeep that i keep in a garage okay yeah no it strikes me as a real pain in the ass i mean mean, nice when you need a car but just having to park and repark and all that 
Um, no, I keep it in a garage, and, and I needed one when it came time to when I, when I started having to make trips to buy salami in bulk <laughs> in, in Queens. Like, I was just gonna you know, say, where like, does I need one a car. go for salami? Daniel, the yeah. way the way Joe is talking about thinking he needed to be in New York for his career, but then realizing he just wants to be in New York. You know that's me someday. About L.A. Moving or back New, York? To New York? Oh. Well, honey, I listen. I'm all. I'm. I'm willing to move back to New York. Move to New York as long as you're getting that um, sweet paycheck. Yeah, it's going to make living in New York uh, tolerable. Okay. Can I ask uh, <laughs> we'll Joe a quick that. question yes, about Skankfest? Sure. sure. Yeah. What is Skankfest <laughs> other than uh, high school? <laughs> it's, yeah. Now there's a podcast called Legion of Skanks, and it's oh, these yeah. it's three comics, and they do a festival called Skankfest. Oh. Um, and they did the first. They usually do it in New York, but they did the first one on on the road that doesn't you know what i mean not in new york and it was in houston yeah. there's a great venue in houston called the secret group mm. that's run by artists it's an amazing amazing venue and they do the secret group does their own festival there which is awesome um called the come and take it fest but um but that's what it's like but it was a lot of great comics actually bob saget was there sadly Aww. uh yeah and um eddie pepitone was there i believe the and, best. Uh, yeah it was it was a uh, it's a cool jay okerson and you know Skank Fest and Come and Take It Fest complement each other. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Fests go. But wasn't there a festival concert with ska bands called Skank Fest 100 years ago? Oh, I- very possible. And the funny thing is when you said Skank Fest, it made me think of Dill because of that band Skank and Pickle and you had discussed <laughs> Dill and like for some reason... Skank Fest, I will just always think of pickles. Um, Few things are worse than the names of ska bands. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just the uh, worst. Say hello and welcome to my new patrons. Oh, man, I'm out of practice. Where's that song? Oh, man, you're fired. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. I would like to say hello and welcome to Fonts Faluda, to David DeVries, Mark D'Antonio, Michael Dyer, and Courtney. Hello. I hope you're enjoying the bonus content, the access, the whatnot, and whatevers. Um, and I want to remind everyone, if you sign up for an annual subscription, you get two months free. So 12 months for the price of 10. Okay. Let's do a little iTunes comments of the week now. I typically, I read a positive one, which is sort of like the letter that I wrote when I was 14. It always feels <laughs> self-aggrandizing because I am, you know, reading someone giving me compliments. Um, and then I like to read a negative one. I did not have a negative one this week, which is good, but then it makes this even more self-aggrandizing. So again, I, I say to you guys, I laugh at the negative ones. Feel free to send a negative one. Just if you're the kind of hater who does listen every single week to everything that I put out, God bless you. Just leave us a f- like five stars so you're not hurting the show that you love to hate and then say whatever you want. It's a great okay. idea. Let's hear. Daniel, just read one. All right. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. 
Should I read the long one or the short one? Let's do the long one. Let's really mm. bask in it. Okay. I love this show from Super Fuzz. Longtime <laughs> listener and fan here, just popping in to leave a five stars, five stars only review. This week's episode, this week's episodes were top notch with Jenny Pentland. Uh, for the wait, sorry, Roseanne's daughter for the in-depth Monday interview, and then a refreshing and fun hangout with the Banana Boys, Bananas Boys. Uh, sorry, Bananas Boys, Scotty Landis and uh, and Kurt Brownoller. Great times to be had. Allison keeps on giving so much reliable entertainment week after week, year after year. Technically, for me now, decade after decade, impressive. Do not sleep on this pod. Thank you so much for your very nice comment. Leave us a comment if you haven't uh, on Apple Podcasts or as it turns out, and I this just shows how old I am. I didn't realize that like basically probably whatever app you're listening in, there is a way to rate the podcast. So do that if you haven't because it helps the show. Um, you guys, this has oh, been. Oh, daddy, daddy. Oh, <laughs> Owen. Hi. Oh, oh, he can't hear. He can't hear me. Hi. 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 It's not me. Hi, Owen. Hi. What you doing? Do you want to say hi to everyone, Owen? Hi, say hi, hi, Robin. Hi, everyone. Hi, Owen. Hi. Oh. Oh. Owen, can, can you say hi? hi? Say hi, Joe. Say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. <laughs> hi Owen. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Owen. He's adorable. Wow. Oh my God, yeah. that little voice. I know. <laughs> I think that's the might be one of the first times he's uh, been on the show. Yeah. Oh, We've had some Elliot a while ago. But yeah, I don't remember that ever happening. Yeah. Oh. It's like when Maya Rudolph is at the end of her mom's uh, Minnie Ripperton's recordings talking. <laughs> little young yes. Maya Rudolph. And <laughs> it's a delight. It's a delight. It's Does funny. Elliot want to say hi? I think he's still getting his pajamas on. Fuck no. Okay. I'm not getting on the fucking podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. It was so nice having you on the show. Tell everyone, we'll go around and uh, tell everyone where they can find you or follow you or plug anything you would like to plug, et cetera. Robin, what about you? I'm just a person who is on Instagram most of the time, at Robin Shore, R-O-B-I-N-S-H-O-R-R. And Yay. sometimes I'll put up some great content and other times I won't. <laughs> um, oh, I know I'm ending, but real fast, I have to say. So we talked at length about Steve Gutenberg the last time you were on. Yes. Because you My had co-star been, and friend. Yeah, you had been in a Hallmark movie with him. Um, and I was trying to remember, Joe, I'm wondering if you remember this. When Steve Gutenberg was dating or like, yeah, I think dating this girl who used to go on Red Eye back when you and I both went on Red Eye. Do you know? Okay. Do you remember this Anna Gilligan? Does that name ring a bell? I, I know who she, I know who she is. I, I I'm not recalling that she dated Steve Gutenberg, but yeah. Yes. I, in fact, I think I'm not sure. I think I, I still hang out with Bill Schultz from Red Eye, and I think he might have been hang telling me she was in town. I don't know. Maybe I might be making things up. But yeah, no, Anna. that sounds about right. Yeah, she I, she with because then we Googled she an author. Him he, no, she like hosted a Fox news.com show or so you know yeah, maybe she went on maybe she yeah. went on to be an author okay um but anyway i just that was just a weird uh, blast from the past he didn't he ended up with someone else 
Um, yes. Who made awesome Very movies, happily, it looks like. Yes. Oh, good. Very happily. Him. Good for yeah. Steve Gutenberg. Good for Steve Gutenberg. Um, <laughs> jo- Joe, what about you? Uh, Joe DeRosa Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Please come to Joey Rose's if you're in New York uh, or make a trip. If you're not, um, go to JoeyRosesNYC.com for all the information about our hours and um, all that sort of stuff. And then also my two podcasts, Taste Buds, available on the No Pressure Network on YouTube. Um, drops every Monday, full video. And we'll see you in hell. My movie review podcast where Pat Walsh and myself review mostly genre and horror movies. Um Back catalog, I think, is on Starburns Audio still. And then the new episodes are on patreon.com slash W-S-Y-I-H podcast. Wonderful. Yeah. Daniel, what about you? Honestly, I'm so hungry right now because I was on uh, Joe's Restaurant's (laughs) website and the sandwiches look (laughs) so good. So I wish I was in New York right now. Thanks. Um, yeah, so uh, you go there. I don't know. I don't have anything to plug. Daniel Quants at Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Fuck. Quants. <laughs> and uh, follow me at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram and check out my other shows. Uh, and Tony, what about you? Oh, my other shows being Upworthy Weekly and Childish. Tony, what about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. And my super cool podcast that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Robin's fierce grandma loves fierce grandma. I could remember. Yes. There you go. Uh, bizarre albums every Tuesday. And, uh, yeah. And now I gonna keep talking about the motion city soundtrack tour for another six months. So if you had <laughs> tickets, those will be good. Uh, again, if you don't have tickets, get some tickets. June Is that July. your band, Tony? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, I, I know motion city soundtrack. Oh. I didn't know that was your band. That He's is a drummer. Band. Look, see, he has a Tony gold record keeps surprising him. all of us with his extracurricular wild. activities. <laughs> yeah, he has a, a <laughs> yeah. so-called gold record behind him. Right, we like to pretend it's that's fake, wild. but it's actually awesome. real. Yeah. Oh, that's great, dude. Thank you. Yeah, um, of course. Thank, thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go.